This podcast is a Radio Mike original production. Head to radiomike.com.au to find out more. This episode of 20 Tree Boy is brought to you by Radio Mike on Patreon. At patreon.com slash radio mic, you get a bunch of bonus content. Firstly, the TCB Overflow podcast every week at the exact same time as this pod. And then every Friday, you can hear the Pat and Mike show with me and producer Pat deep diving more into topics from this show, but also having a laugh about dumb stuff. Sign up now, patreon.com slash radio mic. We'd love to have your support. We can stay up late, swapping manly stories, and in the morning, I'm making waffles. Welcome to 20th Century Boy. My name is Michael McIntyre. And this is the inside of my mind. Oh, welcome to the show. Each week on this show, I do a different name at the top. It's just usually a pun on Mike or Michael or Radio Mike or something of the sort. This week, really panicked. Not going to lie, don't know if you could tell that from my voice, but really, really panicked. Realised as I started rolling, I had absolutely no ideas. I didn't have anything planned. Usually I plan one today. Admittedly, I forgot. Went with Michael McIntyre because he's a comedian that shares my name. Don't really know much about his work, but there you go. That's who I went with today. Of course, my name is Radio Mike, writer and producer from here in Melbourne, Australia. Just trying to make his way through life. Sometimes it's easier than other times. And doing this little podcast, 20th Century Boy, which is the conversations you wish you were having about the stuff that no one else cares about. That's what this podcast is. Conversations you wish you were having about the stuff that nobody else cares about. And we're in a good groove at the moment, guys. Look, I wanted to start today's show with a huge thank you to every single person who came out to the Harry Potter and the Boys live podcast recording on Saturday night at the Coopers Inn here in Melbourne. I've had a bunch of messages from people who have listened to that episode, but yep, Saturday night did my first ever live podcast. And if you've been listening to this show for a very long time, you will know how sort of big a milestone that is for me for my content um for my like confidence as well um yeah we did a live podcast recording and about 50 people were there and it went great and I loved being up on stage uh chatting to people so I did just want to do maybe a couple minutes talking about it but this week on the TCB overflow over on the patreon patreon.com slash radio mic little as a dollar a month the overflow is a weekly little 15 minute appendage that you get um this week on the overflow I'm going to talk all of the logistics and everything I felt around the live show but I I did want to say the main thing I felt was overwhelmingly um grateful and just buzzing to an extreme I've never really felt before. It was a huge wall to tear down from my experience with anxiety and my experience with fear. And I just exposed myself to standing in front of a big crowd and trying to be funny. And it kind of worked. Um, over on the Patreon as well, you get the full version. If you're on the Harry Potter and the Boys feed, you get the um, podcast only, but there was about a half hour extra 
where me and Sam Garlep, the guest on the night and the co-host of the pod, uh, just chatted to the audience. And I just wanted to play uh, for everyone. Um, just set the scene. This is how the night started. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to tonight's live recording of Harry Potter and the Boys, Australia's dumbest podcast, as voted by you, the listeners. Please welcome your host. You might have heard him on Hamish and Andy, The Remembering Project, and Tofop, Australia's most absurd 13-year-old author. It's Radio Mike! Hello! Is my mic on, Pat? Is my mic on? Can people hear me? I've never done this before, so I'm really nervous. Uh, <laughs> um, my name's Radio Mike. Welcome to Harry Potter and the Boys, a fan fiction podcast by me, Radio Mike, the guy from the podcast. Uh, okay, so I did actually stumble a bit. I'm kind of embarrassed about that. So what I didn't realise is when I went onto the stage, so producer Pat was there producing the night and monitoring the night and he didn't stuff up there. He did a fantastic job as well. And again, if you want to support Pat, patreon.com slash radio mic. But um, I jumped up on the stage. Remember, this is my first time ever being live in front of anyone. Well, that's not really true. I used to do some things with Luke and Lewis, but it was never sort of like all eyes on me, the focus. Um, and... I could. I, I said hello into the mic, but I couldn't hear myself. I couldn't hear through the speakers because, admittedly, because everyone was applauding so loudly, I just couldn't hear. So then I go to Pat. Pat, is my mic on? Pat, I think you forgot to put my mic on. Apologies to Pat. He didn't. My mic was on, as you heard there. Um, and then the night ran smoothly from there. Catch the full audio over on the Patreon or go to the Harry Potter and the Boys feed now. But yeah, was great to meet a bunch of the Patreon supporters, Patreon uh, supporters of this pod, Patreon particularly particularly the longest supporters on Patreon, um, Patreon Gannon Board and Patreon Christina with a K, who were the first two people to ever support the Patreon and they flew down from Brisbane to see the show. Um, and a lot of people were there that I hadn't met before that are listeners of the pod and also a few people that listen to the pod but have just never interacted with me. So I saw people I didn't recognise and I was like, hey, are you here for the show? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm Mike. And they were like, yeah, I know. And I was like, oh, I've just never heard from you before. I was like, yeah, I listen to the show every week. I've just like never interacted. And I guess there's lots of... There must be lots of listeners of this pod as well who listen to the show but just never interact with it. If you want, send through your first message. You can always get in touch with the show, radiomikepod at gmail.com, at It's Radio Mike on Twitter, tweet about the show, radio.mike on Insta. Any way you can get in touch with me, do it, because I love hearing from new people that I haven't heard from before. If you're shy or anxious about doing it, I love it. So I'd love to hear from you. Um... So yeah, jump on the overflow this week or buy it for a dollar on, on PayPal, paypal.me slash it's radio Mike. Just say, hey Mike, I'd love to listen to the overflow. You send me a dollar, I send you the file if you don't want to do Patreon. Um, I'm going to talk a bit more about it there, but it was an overwhelming success. I was so happy and we definitely want to do another one. A few people have asked us to um, go to Sydney or go to Brisbane. Like, and I, yeah, we'll explore that. But um, yeah, we've got to figure out sort of who who's listening and who wants it and everything like that but yeah genuinely one of the greatest honors and privileges of my life to be able to do that and to meet so many of you and to chat to you after we all sort of chatted around the bar for a while um it was amazing it it was one of the, it, i'm not exaggerating it was probably one of the best nights of my life in my memory um it was just so so fun and and my brother was there like a lot of my cousins were there and they came down to support me even though like they probably think it's the most immature podcast ever and it was just really cool being 
around all those people. And yeah, I loved it. Um, but, but one thing I wanted to uh, say is, and this is something that longtime listeners of this show will know very well. If you're new, you might not be familiar, but don't worry. Everything that's about to happen is very, very positive. For a very long time on this show, and less so in recent years, you know, but particularly in the early days of this show, there was a listener of the show who was dubbed the best friend of the show. We absolutely loved him. He used to ring up the podcast hotline, one 800 every single week and leave a positive message for all of the listeners of this show, the radio family, the collective group of listeners of this show. And, you know, he's just been a friend of the show for a very long time. Hadn't heard from him for a long while. If, you've, if you're a long-time listener, you know exactly who I'm speaking about. If I don't hear from him for a while, and it has been a long, long time, this person has gotten in touch with me, I, I part of me goes panic mode and thinks, well, I guess he moved on. He stopped listening. He lost interest in the Radio Mike universe, and that's fair. He doesn't listen anymore. Was really surprised on the day of the live show that I got a, re- I got a message from this person. Yeah, g'day everyone, it's uh, Radio Nacho Cheese here. G'day Radio Mike, it's uh, Radio Nacho Cheese here again. Radio Nacho Cheese here again. Radio Nacho Cheese here. He's Radio Nacho Cheese and this is his weekly update. Sorry, sorry, stop that. We, we do need to update. We finally do need to actually update that opener. Can we do a take two? Yeah, g'day everyone, it's uh, Radio Nacho Cheese here. G'day Radio Mike, it's uh, Radio Nacho Cheese here again. Radio Nacho Cheese here again. Radio Nacho Cheese here. He's Radio Nacho Cheese and this is his... Only sometimes when he's not busy. Update! Yeah, huge thank you. Radio Nacho Cheese, we all know, the best friend of the show. We love him. And now every single time he contributes or writes into the show or leaves a voice message or anything like that, you know, I'm above and beyond. And I think the listeners, you guys are too, right? We love hearing from Radio Nacho Cheese, an anonymous listener of the show. We do not know his true identity. Many have speculated. None have ever found out the truth behind Nach. Um, and he goes by many pseudonyms. You know, we've had Professor Cheese, Dr. Nach, um, Sergeant Cheddar, <laughs> Colonel Cheddar, lots of different cheese-based names. We don't know him. We did have him on for an interview for the 100th episode of the show. And while I'm saying all this, I'm realising how complicated and convoluted the legacy of this show is. But uh, yeah, Radio Nacho Cheese sent me an email the morning of the live show. And it was one of the most delightful messages I've ever received. And it reminded me exactly why he's the best friend of the show and always will be, right? Because if you thought that Radio Nacho Cheese dropped off, take a listen to this email he sent me. It made my day. Genuinely, Colonel Cheddar, it made my day. Dear Mike, just wanted to send you a message to say good luck for tonight. Unfortunately, I won't be in attendance for the show as I already had committed to an engagement party tonight. I still love all the Radio Mike Universe content and hopefully I can get around to doing a few voice messages this year. Love, Sir Dr. Nacho Cheese, PhD. And I think PhD is new. So in the time since we last heard from Sir Dr. Narch, he's gotten his PhD. We can only assume in cheese-based studies. But thank you so much, Nacho Cheese. You are the best friend of the show. It's great to hear from you again. And, and I think I speak for all of the listeners where I, where, when I say 
I would love for you to send in a couple voice messages over the next few months. I would love to have at least a monthly nacho cheese update. If you're a listener who thinks that, send a cheese emoji at radio.mic now. Just send a cheese emoji. Next week, I want to tell Nacho how many cheese emojis I got, right? So, Nacho, if you can find it in you, just send anything. Just let us know what you've been up to. Of course, part of me does wonder if this message he sent me was a red herring because perhaps uh, Dr. Narch, um, doc, Dr. Mozzarella, <laughs> perhaps Dr. Mozzarella was at the live show but didn't want anyone to think he was. So he pretended he wasn't going to be there, but he actually was. But if he did, I seriously doubt I spoke to him because I would have recognized his voice. But yeah, I, uh, I think it's amazing to hear from you, Dr. Cheese. And uh, well, we've done one sort of write-in message. So I think we should sort of start off today's show with a couple of these. All the write-ins that you sent in. This is just where I read various listener messages that have come in through any medium at the start of the show, just rounding up what your guys' thoughts are, often about what I talked about last week. And last week I did talk about the reboot of Australian Idol with Kyle Sanderlands, Amy Shark, Megan Trainer, and S- is it Sammy Davis Jr.? Fuck, I don't even know. Is it Sammy Davis Jr.? I think it is. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Radio Michael Lay wrote in saying, really enjoyed your coverage of Australian Idol. He wrote into radiomike.com.au, by the way. I personally intend to keep up with the show. My only bone to pick with the whole genre is they have a very literal approach to talent. These judges tend to get carried away with technical ability and range. It just makes you wonder... Would Bon Scott win Idol? Ozzy Osbourne? Lemmy? Jimi Hendrix? And that's a good point. I, I, I appreciate the point you're making there because really a lot of these talent shows by design have to be almost explicitly the most marketable person. I mean, even like you think about Susan Boyle who was like an old opera singing woman who wasn't like conventionally attractive, but she won one of these talent contests. But I actually think the fact that she was so unique was the the marketing point for her. Like you need something to sell to sell the public on these people. So yeah, you do get sort of outliers who have more unique voices or different styles of performing and they don't really make it through because Australian Idol, all these shows, they're almost fundamentally have to be mainstream, particularly in the old days when it was audience voted. It was literally just who is the most appealing person on the show who is the person who is the most um who has the most people that like them they're going to be the australian idol i think that's a that's a very interesting point there was a guy on australian idol back in i think it was the second season of the show or the third um where casey donovan won anthony Kalia came second and i'm pretty sure either third or fourth was a guy called lee harding and lee harding was really an outlier of australian idol because he was very much a pop punk kind of guy like he literally was into like good charlotte blink 82 green day like all of those bands and he performed songs by them in a very punk style he did this actually amazing cover 
that I remember so well as a kid. It was Eye of the Tiger as like a punk, a fast punk version. And it was it got like overwhelming reviews from the judges. This is going back like 20 years ago. And he didn't win, but he ended up having a very big song that has now become somewhat of a meme in Australian culture called Wasabi. I didn't have it prepared, but I'll get uh, in post. I'll put the grab from Wasabi in. But it's such a great song. love the way he's used the concept of wasabi and the spice of wasabi to describe a woman's attractiveness. Lee Harding was great. I don't know what he's up to now. Would love to get him on the podcast, to be honest. Uh, Another one came in from Radio Bella. This was about me complaining about Australian idols posting, like, respect all the people on the show. Um, Radio Bella says, you're right. They know they're allowing terrible singers and people that aren't going to present well on TV and then act surprised when viewers mock them, which is my biggest problem with reality TV. It feeds into consumers being rude and cruel to contestants by deliberately choosing people who are easy targets completely agree with that they know the people who are bad singers on the show that they're featuring in auditions are bad and they're making a fool of themselves and they're humiliating them and then they tell us well no don't do it that tweet i did about this topic ended up being featured in a um news.com.au article which is pretty crazy but anyway um finally radio dimitri just a short message on instagram which i found interesting Kyle being on that show is a travesty to what talent is. Love the show, Mike. Keep it up. And yes, agree. Like a lot of people don't like Kyle Sanderlands for obvious reasons. I mean, I guess I respect him as a broadcaster, not as a person, but I respect him as a broadcaster and I understand his shtick, which is pure shock jockery. Um, But uh, of course, sometimes I feel like I have to respect him more because if you recall, on his radio show, the Kyle and Jackie O show, this this podcast was featured. So this guy called Radio Mike. I will never forget that moment. One more thing I thought was very funny on the Australian Idol front is um the current host of Australian Idol is a guy called Squ- Scott Tweedy. Scott Tweedy, host of Australian Idol. Now, if you follow the podcast on Instagram at TCB Pod, daily memes and posts and clips from the show, jump on at TCB Pod. Um. I put up a meme or like a tweet. Basically, I put up tweets I do in meme format. Did a tweet that was that said, uh, Guy Sebastian, who was the first ever winner of Australian Idol. And this was a joke, by the way. I love, I really like Guy Sebastian. I think he's a fantastic musician, has an amazing, incredible voice. But I did this tweet saying, Guy Sebastian's song Choir literally rhymes the words next week with next week three times which it does. We've discussed this at length in our show in a segment called Rhyme Crime back in the day. And this guy won Australian Idol. Too busy to call, we'll catch up next week and then against the next week and we'll say maybe next week. Scott Tweedy, the host of Australian Idol, liked that post. <laughs> so Scott Tweedy is like looking at Australian Idol memes and he finds that funny. I love that. Last week we had Sophie Monk. I think we've got to do a new big year. Mike's big year of celebrity likes. Millsy, who also came out of Australian Idol, also liked my post about my live show. I'm just like the the fucking Australian Idol guys bloody love me. Um, all right, that's another edition of All the Right In. All the Ryan's that you sent in. 
we do need to move on though because I uh, something incredible happened on an American talk show over the weekend. Um, currently, one of the biggest shows in the world is The Last of Us, the, the uh, TV adaptation of the very, very popular survival game on PlayStation, um, developed by Naughty Dog, who actually developed... With their the original game they made was Crash Bandicoot. They created Crash Bandicoot, and now, which were very acclaimed games, by the way, and is a very acclaimed franchise. But then they went into like they made Uncharted and The Last of Us, which are like so far away from what Crash Bandicoot is. Crash Bandicoot is this beloved family game that any kid could play and you play as an anthropomorphic bandicoot who spins crates and jumps over shit and that's the game then you know 10 years later they're making games like uncharted this game where you're like exploring environments and then the last of us this ultra realistic and sad game where you're killing zombies that have infected the world i just think that's such a interesting like dichotomy from Crash Bandicoot to The Last of Us. All fantastic games though. Anyway, one of the biggest TV shows at the moment is The Last of Us. Admittedly, I'm very behind on this. I did watch the first step. I haven't watched the next two, I think, that are out. But uh, from what I understand, Nick Offerman appears in the third episode. And uh, you probably will know Nick Offerman best as Ron Swanson from Parks and Recreation, a great role in that show. Um, You know, very kind of big, especially in that show, the role is very big, macho, facial hair, whiskey, that kind of a dude. Um, Nick Offerman, though, Nick Offerman, I was delighted to hear this on the Jimmy Fallon show. Um, I could not believe my ears when Nick Offerman said, basically Jimmy Fallon asked Nick Offerman if he had played the Last of Us video game, to which I couldn't believe my ears when Nick Offerman responded with this. The Last of Us is a, was a started as a video game. Have you ever played that video game? No. I, uh, uh, 25 years ago, I played my last video game, and I'm very indulgent. I lost a couple of weeks to a video game called Banjo-Kazooie. Okay. And, and two, two weeks went by, and it, I mean, you know, you're, I, I was like, oh, my God, the slow dopamine drip is so delicious. Then it's over, and you're like, yes, I won. And immediately, I'm like, what have I done with my life? Yeah, right. (laughs) Okay. Nick Offerman's favorite video game ever is (laughs) Banjo-Kazooie. Which is also one of my favorite video games of all time because it spews nostalgia and it's actually a phenomenal platforming game in the 3D platform genre on Nintendo 64. I believe I have talked about it on this podcast a few times before in season one. Banjo-Kazooie is one of the best games ever made and this is probably the most publicity it's had on like a worldwide level outside of the games industry in many, many years, probably since its release. And don't get me wrong, a lot of kids in the 90s played and loved and still adore this game. But I have never heard anyone mention Banjo-Kazooie in like a mainstream setting like this on the Jimmy Fallon show. Actually, I'm not sure if that was Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel. I'm pretty sure it's Jimmy Fallon. But I just thought it it was just, it was really cool to me. I always find it cool when, because I would say, you know, like do not underestimate this game. It is, it is one, a phenomenal game. It has what I would consider one of the best well thought out um, soundtracks 
in any game ever made. It's it's just such an incredibly immersive soundtrack of really like um, fun, upbeat, like spiky songs, like really bouncy songs. I don't know if that helps clarify it, but you know, this character is one of them. Banjo and Kazooie are two of the most beloved video game characters of all time. Very cult-like figures because there's a big history to them. Um, but those two games on the Nintendo 64, Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie, are so overwhelmingly popular. But, you know, came out in the late 90s. Now, nearly 25 years later, Nick Offerman literally said, yeah, I played Banjo-Kazooie and I fucking loved it. Because, I don't know, I just found that... Ga- I, I just... I don't know. I, I really appreciated it. I really liked that he brought that up. Um, and if you've never played Banjo-Kazooie, get an emulator on your computer or something and play it. It is such a fun game. You just explore different worlds, collecting different stuff and solving puzzles. And, you know, it's a lot like if, if you ever played Super Mario 64, which is probably one of the most iconic games of all time, the first ever 3D Mario platformer that really solidified that genre and really put it into the spotlight, right? Super Mario 64, I feel like Banjo-Kazooie was like that plus another 15% of goodness. Like I think Banjo-Kazooie really perfected what Super Mario 64 was trying to do. And I think those two games as the 3D platformers of that genre really are the epitome of that genre, in my opinion. So I just thought, it, I, I just wanted to talk about that a little bit because I love the game and I love, if you're watching the video version, you would have just seen my phone slip off my leg, but while talking, I just caught it in midair and picked it up. That was pretty cool. Get full video versions of this pod on YouTube. Was going to not talk about it, but I, but now I have. Yeah, Nick Offerman loves Banjo-Kazooie. Do you love Banjo-Kazooie? Right, I'll see you. <laughs> 20th Century Boy, we'll be right back. Sorry for this quick interruption, everyone. Just a reminder that if you want to support this show, the best way to do it is over on our Patreon, patreon.com slash Radio Mike. If you like 20th Century Boy and you want a bit more, the overflow is available every single week at the exact same time, plus the Pat and Mike show once a week as well on a Friday. We'd love to keep growing the Patreon community. You get access to an exclusive channel in the Discord for Patreons only. Plus, in the next few weeks, we'll be launching prize giveaways and much, much more. If you like the show, support us. You might subscribe to services like Netflix and Spotify and give these big conglomerates your money, but little guys like me need every dollar we can get to keep this show running, but also keep it growing. So if you've enjoyed this show over the years and you think it's worth a dollar a month or maybe even four or eight or twelve dollars a month, then jump on the Patreon. It'd really mean a lot to me. As soon as you finish this, you can head straight to the overflow on Patreon to hear me talking even more about the Harry Potter and the Boys live podcast. Now, let's get back to the pod. Hi everyone, it's the Joker. Radio Mike's pod is so serious. Why so serious? Cause I love it. Okay, couple more things for today's show. Actually, if, if there's a lot to get through today, so I'll just keep charging on. Netflix. Oh, Netflix, Netflix, Netflix. Our mortal enemies on this show. Of course, I have said several times over the last few years that I have slowly been moving away from streaming services and taking the high seas and jack sparrowing. Um, a lot of reasons for this. I won't tread over any 
super old ground with this, but, um, you know, essentially the streaming services are great until they become as competitive as they are now. You've got like 10 different services. It's going to cost you $12 a month for each. You might be paying $100 a month to have access to all of the content you want to watch. It's very difficult to log in and track passwords and all these different thing, things, accounts, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I have taken to the high seeds. I use a Plex server now down here. If you're watching the video, I have a little server that runs Plex, which gets you uh, pretty much anything you want to watch. You run it yourself. It's a bit better, more user, f- more friendly user interface than any of the streaming services. Anyway, I digress. This is not an advertisement for Plex as I am a lifetime member they do not pay me (laughs) but I love I love that it's so much simpler not using Netflix and you know a lot of these streaming services now are starting to feel the brunt of the competitiveness Netflix had a monopoly here in Australia for a while then we got Stan later we got Disney now we've got Binge we've got um, whatever all the other ones are Paramount Plus everything right throw in KO for sports Netflix is starting to feel the brunt right? They need to innovate. Admittedly, they have a lot of fantastic original content on Netflix and I don't dispute that. I mean, I think they have a lot of duds as well, but generally they've had a few really, really successful shows. And I think they've started to panic. And of course they announced, they did a big PR release. They did a big thing over the last few months where they have said, Hey, we're cracking down on password sharing they're putting in practices to ensure that essentially if you're using someone else's account and not paying, it'll log you out once a month and you'll have to log back in or something like that. Basically, they're stopping people from password sharing on Netflix now, which in my opinion is the final nail in the coffin. It's one of the dumbest moves they could possibly have made because it just makes it hard. It it makes it more frustrating for people. It does a really bad thing for fan relations. You're taking away a feature. Sorry, not fan relations, consumer relations. You're taking away a feature that consumers use in your service and really like. Like a lot of people think password sharing is an affordable way to use Netflix between friends. Share it right? Now they're taking that away. Of course, the internet is in uproar. Netflix is like in a PR crisis. Everyone's pissed off. Everyone's writing about it, talking about it, how bad a decision it is, how stupid it is. And then immediately, or almost immediately, Netflix says that all of that information that they tweeted out, put out in PR releases and et cetera, was a mistake and wasn't supposed to be shared. And they are not, in fact, getting rid of password sharing on Netflix. I found this so hilarious because it just showed that basically Netflix did do it. I mean, it's all it's all PR bullshit, but Netflix did try to put the message out that they're removing password sharing. Everyone responded overwhelmingly ne- negatively and probably started shopping around for other options. Netflix literally had a PR crisis. I'm sure everyone on the board was like, what the fuck is going on? What is going on? What are we going to do about this? And then someone in that room had to go, why don't we just reverse the decision and tweet out that it was accidentally shared? Why would it have been accidentally shared? Why did they have all that information ready to go if it was accidentally shared? I love this idea that they had a PR crisis because I'm telling you now, it is very easy again to pirate, to Jack Sparrow. Sorry, nearly got myself there. Um, 
And I think most people are going to go back to Jack Sparrowing. I was watching a show on Stan the other night and the streaming quality, you know, they say on the streaming service you get 4K quality. You watch it, it... <laughs> the quality of the vision of the of of the visual was terrible and it like flakes around it like keeps adjusting the quality based on i guess your connection so if you're not on a hardwired connection maybe it has to go down to 720 but then suddenly it'll go back up and it'll just be hovering between different fucking um <laughs> qualities and you you're like well then maybe i'll just download a 1080p file so at least i know I'm going to have a consistent quality or I'll download a 4K. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's getting ridiculous and people are going to start moving away. People really will just be like, nah, it's not easy anymore. The user interfaces suck. And like, I've already done that, but I'm more, I guess, computer and tech savvy than the average consumer of streaming media. So it's probably easier for me to be asked to do it um, as in to be bothered to do it. But yeah. All right, biggest news of the week, of course, was the Grammy Awards. And huge result, uh, Harry Styles' third album, Harry's House, takes out best album of the year. Um, and, you know, I, uh, I do a little thing called Mike Listens on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube, at Mike.Listens. And uh, I, d- I talked about Harry's House today in tribute to it winning the best album. Fantastic pop album. I'll just read out what I said. Basically, every weekday I do a little music review of an album, just text and short form. Um, so I said, today I listened to Harry's House by Harry Styles. No surprises this took home the Grammy for best album. I think this is a phenomenal pop record. After really enjoying Harry's debut album, I found the follow-up fine line a little generic and uninspired both lyrically and musically. However, Harry's house feels like such a comfortable and well-suited style for Harry to play in. The elements of art pop, funk and synth combined into such simplistic, breathless melodies works so wonderfully. No surprises that Harry Style took home the Grammy for best album. Um, What... What does annoy me about Harry Styles winning the Best Album Grammy is that to this day, and long-time listeners of this pod probably know exactly what I'm about to say, to this day, I'm yet to hear the opening track on the album, Music for a Sushi Restaurant, being played at any sushi restaurant. Last year on the show, I did a bunch of prank calls to sushi stores, basically asking them if they'll be playing music for a sushi restaurant. And not a single one of them was. And I have been to many sushi restaurants since this album was released and not a single one has been playing music for a sushi restaurant. It is a missed opportunity. If you own, run, manage or work at a sushi restaurant, play music for a sushi restaurant and invite me actually maybe that can be an arc for the show does anyone know anyone who works at a sushi restaurant and i can go to their sushi restaurant and play music for a sushi restaurant i really want that to happen a few things though about harry's grammy win that i found very interesting um two two things two things in his speech the first thing which as soon as i heard it i thought it was a very fascinating thing in harry styles acceptance speech he said this this doesn't happen to people like me very often and this is so so nice thank you very very much a lot of people were really questioning what he meant by that this doesn't happen to people like me very often really don't know what harry style means by this because harry styles is a white man and a lot of white men have won grammys and awards in their fields 
I'm definitely not offended by what he said, of course, but I understand why people would think it's weird and want to unpack what he said and what he meant by it because I'm trying to unpack specifically what he meant when he said this doesn't happen to people like me very often because even if he means this doesn't happen to white men who make experimental rock music and are a little bit androgynous and sometimes dress in women's clothes David Bowie actually won five Grammys so well I guess that's not very often though but really I don't really understand what Harry Styles meant by this. I mean, I'm sure he was just panicking. Uh, maybe, I, I don't know. May, I doubt it's his first award. It, I, maybe it's his first Grammy. I really don't know. But if anyone wants to try and decode what Harry Styles meant by that, I'd be really curious to know. Um, the other thing that he said that I actually really thought was very humble and very cool to hear uh, was this. I've been so, so inspired by every artist in this category with me at a lot of different times in my life. I listen to everyone in this category when I'm alone and um, I think like on nights like tonight it's obviously so important for us to remember that there is no such thing as best in music. I really like what he said there. One, you know, talking about how much he enjoyed everyone else's album that was nominated but also That's a really good quote there at the end. In music, there's no such thing as best. And what I think was important about that, or interesting at least about that, is the fact that I agree. Music is so subjective. And I think that's what's so beautiful about it is that like any song can mean an infinite amount of different things to different people. There are songs that I could be totally obsessed with and love and see so much meaning behind to my life and then someone else listens to it and be like, I don't like it. It's the same way sometimes people are like, oh, why would anyone listen to like hardcore music or screamo music or death metal or anything? But then you just got to be like, well, that speaks to some people. That just that kind of music just speaks to some people. Um, I remember Mark Bonanno from... Uh, from Auntie Donna came on the Willosophy podcast when I was record- when I was producing it, and he talked about how he loved Slipknot growing up, and still does because he listened to Slipknot, and it just he it just it was so angry and fast and melodic that it just helped him feel like his anger was justified as a kid and stuff or something like that. It was a very fascinating thing that he said that I really liked. But what I wanted to do to kind of prove this over the next few weeks and maybe just as an ongoing little thing we can do is I put out on my Instagram and the TCB pod Instagram what do you reckon is the best song ever written what is the greatest song of all time and a lot of people have written in I can't even get to everyone's answers but I might just do this as a little clip each week just a few selected versions of greatest songs ever written personally for me I think the best song ever written, and I don't think it necessarily even means your favourite song. It's just like, this song I think is genuinely the best encapsulation of the human experience that I've ever heard. I think it's phenomenal lyrically, musically. Everything about this song is amazing. Um, It is such a sad and touching song as well. Uh, And that song is All My Friends by LCD Sound System. That's how it starts. Go back to your house. 
it's an amazing just chugging song that lyrically just speaks to me so much it was introduced to me by my friend Sean when I worked at Dan Murphy's who said you've got to listen to this song and very quickly just fell in love with it go and listen to it but I did put it out to you guys the listeners and I wanted to read out a few answers and maybe I'll even put together a Spotify playlist of you know the listen the radio family's favorite songs of best songs ever written um three people radio Steph radio Hannah Cads and Patreon Danny Steph Hannah and Danny all said the greatest song ever written Bohemian Rhapsody And I agree that Bo Rap is absolutely such an iconic and everlasting song that even kids learn the lyrics to because they realise how significant it is in pop culture. Like, I, as a kid, and every other kid I knew, you know, this song came out in the 70s, but when I was like... 13, 14, I just went to parties and this song was playing and I was like, oh, I have to learn this song. And then I learnt it, right? I think every kid will continue to do that forever. Got a great one in from uh, Radio Chalk. Welcome to the Radio Family, Radio Chalk. Wasn't sure if he was joking, but I actually agree that this song is an absolute banger. Flowers by Miley Cyrus. Absolute banger, her newest song. Maybe doesn't have the legacy as a lot of these other songs that are going to come up, but it is a phenomenal song that I encourage you to listening to listen to. Radio Ado Potato says Break Stuff by Limp Bizkit. It's all about the I think... I mean, this song is never, like, super spoken to me, but when I listen to that song, I do admit... It's so unique. There's something so specifically unique feeling about that song that I just don't think I've heard anywhere else before. It is a fantastic song. Uh, Jaden Shepard, Radio Jaden, who contributes a lot to this show. Thanks again, Jaden. He said a classic, Piano Man. Sing us a song, you're a piano man. Sing us a song tonight. Well, we're all in the mood for a melody. And you've got us. story again like talking about like the human condition and just you know being a human and that being translated through song form i think this song does such a good job of setting setting a scene like that um bill the beer guy radio bill uh not sure if it was a joke but i agree it's a great song jurassic park theme This always gives me goosebumps in any context. Any John Williams score, really, and John Williams, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Harry Potter, Jurassic Park, like a lot of the big ones are John Williams. And this one, a lot of his stuff really hits. I mean, I don't know if it's the greatest song ever written, but great. Two more. Radio Nick, Patreon Nick Schaefer, Smooth by Santana. Iconic opener, fantastic song. And finally, wrapping it up, two people, uh, Radio Miles and P- 
Patreo Laza. Everybody wants to rule the world. Tears for fears. Great song. Great message as well. Very, very true. Um, send in. If you're ever contributing to the show, just be like, oh, by the way, I reckon the greatest song ever written is Yesterday by The Beatles or whatever you think it is. That one's also very, very great. Okay, we haven't done this for a little while, but something very, very interesting came across my desk this week and it's something that I 100% have to talk about. Like you guys would will be very pleased, I think, to hear me talking about this. So let's, it's time to open. The Sean Kingston Chronicles. It is the Sean Kingston Chronicles. Wow, if you're new to the pod, this is a very in episode, I feel. But generally speaking, Sean Kingston, you know, creator of the hit songs, Beautiful Girls, Yahweh to Beautiful Girl. And of course, my personal favorite, Me Love, Why'd You Have to Go Away from Home? Me Love, song of the show. Um, one, you know, the unofficial theme song of this show is Me Love by. Uh, by what's his name? Sean Kingston, who I'm talking about right now. Something very interesting came across my desk this week. I got a message in from Radio Lockie Braid. And welcome to the radio family, Radio Lockie Braid. Uh, It contained a very interesting hyperlink to a website, as a lot of hyperlinks are, and I clicked on it. And I'm going to read the headline for you now from the Daily Mail. Exclusive, rarely seen beautiful girls singer Sean Kingston arrives in Perth with coveted Goyard backpack years after warrant for his arrest over unpaid jewellery. This is insane. First of all, Sean Kingston's in Australia. (laughs) Sean Kingston's in Perth for some reason. Um, He's not looking great, I'll tell you that much. Um, But he's in Australia. Maybe that means we might be able to see him. We might be able to, you know, have have an interview with him. But more fascinating is the story I had no idea about, which is that Sean Kingston, I'm going to read it. In 2020, Sean Kingston was charged in connection with grand theft over jewellery which was delivered to him. Police sources told the outlet that the Take You There singer had not settled up the tab leading to the warrant. Law enforcement told the outlet that they did not intend to actually search for the rapper in connection with this warrant, but it would come up if Kingston was pulled over or detained. The outlet reported that the legal complaint stated the bill in the case was $45,000 and Kingston could be incarcerated for as many as three years if convicted in connection with the case. So, again, long-time listeners of this show will remember one of the iconic lines from Sean Kingston's song, Beautiful Girls, is... It was back in 99, watching movies all the time. Oh, when I went away for doing my first crime. Now, we did discover that in 1999, Sean Kingston was in fact only nine years old and under 13-year-olds in uh, wherever Detroit, where I think he grew up, cannot go to jail. So it was a lie in lyrics, 
we then uncovered in the Sean Kingston Chronicles that Sean Kingston's songs are almost all copies of other songs. Beautiful Girls samples heavily under uh, Stand By Me by Benny King. Uh, Me Love is a copy of a Led Zeppelin song from like the 60s. You know, a lot of his songs are just ripoffs. But we didn't realize, and, and you know, we joked about him being a thief, a song thief. Never have we talked about him being a real criminal who could go to jail for three years. And so Sean Kingston. No good for you. And with that, I'd like to close another chapter of the Sean Kingston Chronicles. Please, please stay tuned for the next one whenever Sean Kingston does something else notable. But please keep singing me love for Sean. And if you're in Perth, try and snap a photo of Sean Kingston and send it to the show. Or go up to him with a selfie cam and just get him to sing me love. Or get him to record a message saying, Hey, I'm Sean Kingston and I love Radio Mike's podcast. If anyone does that, I'll give you $150. I don't know. Um, okay. How much time do we have? Okay. The last thing here. I, I, you know what? I think that's a nice length for this week's app. I usually like to keep them around... 45, between 45 and 55 minutes. This one feels good. Uh, So let's do one of these. The plug. Just plugging uh, a bunch of stuff here. Uh, This is what we do in the plug, obviously. Firstly, the Patreon, patreon.com slash radio mic. Subscribe there for two bonus podcasts a week, the TCB Overflow podcast. As I said, I'll be talking more of the ins and outs of the live show there. And the Pat and Mike show every single Friday. Oh, the last episode of the Pat and Mike show we did was genuinely one of the funniest we've ever done. Me and Pat, the producer of this show, loved it. It's a really good show. Like sometimes I'm actually disappointed it's not a public facing show because it genuinely is really fun to record and really funny to do. Here's a little just like one off gag that Pat was basically bragging about this massive hottest 100 party he was going to um the day before we recorded and um here's what happened how um, many people were at the party oh probably about a dozen people that's just a over. gathering it's not a party <laughs> it's not a party uh look you, you, you made you it can... sound like it was a party and like there was a dance floor you, look all the cheeks were topless and shit look you can take that up with the event organizer okay um, <laughs> Okay, of course, Harry Potter and the Boys, the live show episode is up. Here's a little grab of a funny moment on stage. Harry looked frightened. Oh, no. Like a little schoolboy who was going to get in trouble. But he put on a big charade as if he was really confident, put his hands on his hips and matched himself into a cowboy costume. <laughs> and in a cowboy voice said... Oh, no. <laughs> oh, well, hi there. Oh, I can't do this voice. Can I do it's, it? I'll do it. Do you want it? Yeah, can you? Oh, well, hi there. <laughs> it's me, Woody, the cowboy. <laughs> oh, there's a snake in my boot. <laughs> Again, the growth of that podcast continues to amaze me. I'm just absolutely floored by how big that pod is getting. I'm try- I still want this pod to grow. Um, this is my baby. Harry Potter and the Boys feels really disconnected to this now, but I'm, I'm happy that people are listening and I'm still myself over there. But go and listen to Harry Potter and the Boys. It's- I do think it's the funniest thing I do. Mike listens over on Insta, TikTok and YouTube now. Um, would love some support there and recommend an album you'd like me to talk about. And of course, the YouTube channel, Radio Mike. 
uh, extended clips from the show and shorts as well going up there. TikTok and Instagram, radio.mic. Twitter, it's Radio Mike. You can catch me on 3AW every Wednesday, 2.30pm till 3pm. That's 693 on the AM band in Melbourne. Or I use a website called Radio Garden where you can just stream any any radio station in the world for free. It's very nifty. Just Google it. Um, aside from that, um, if you want to buy any of this week's bonus episodes, just as a one-off, if you can't be bothered uh, jumping on the Patreon, but you're just like, oh, I'd like to listen to an episode of the Pat and Mike show. I'd like to listen to this week's overflow. Just shoot me a dollar, paypal.me slash it's radio Mike. Um, say, hey, mate, would love to listen to this week's overflow. And then I just send you the MP3 to the email you paid with. And then you can just listen to that as a one-off um, because I just want to build other ways that people can hear this stuff. If there's just a one-off episode you want to hear, you don't want to do the Patreon, just send it. Paypal dot me slash it's radio mike i'll send it straight to you um look i think that is pretty much it a huge thank you again to um everyone who came to the live show and a huge thank you to our executive producer uh tiered patreon members whose names i don't have i know whitey and danny are definitely two of them i think kyle grieve patreon kyle is one there's definitely one more now i'm gonna have to look it up because it would be so rude to not say the everyone's name all right i got him special thanks to our patreons patreon andrew white our executive producers andrew white danny gianluca fantacci kyle grieve and zach bender our patreon executive producers right there guys we're back down to 69 patreons which is good because 69 lol but we were on like 72 73 would love a bunch of you to join back up lots of great content all right i'm gonna let you guys go i'll let you guys go Nah, i'll let you guys go no worries i'll let you go um see you guys thanks for listening my name's Ready Mike. This has been the inside of my mind, baby. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of 20th Century Boy. Now, if you want a little bit more, just jump on the Patreon, patreon.com slash radio mic and get access to the TCB Overflow podcast. It's an extra 15 or 20 minutes worth of content every week. And then on Friday, you get the Pat and Mike show. It's really great bonus content that we're really proud of making. And we're really happy with the community we're growing on the Patreon. We'd really love to see you guys there. There's discounts for live shows. There's also going to be prize giveaways in the future. So there's a lot to look forward to and a lot of value for signing up. Give your money to us, not the big conglomerates and the corporate podcasts, because it's really your generosity and your fandom that helps us keep these shows alive. I'd love to see a few more names on the Patreon, so jump on now. Patreon.com slash Radio Mike. I'll see you there. The Patreon is overflowing with content. This podcast was a Radio Mike original production. Head to radiomike.com.au to check out all our other content. Stay up to date at radio.mike on Instagram and get in touch, radiomikepod at gmail.com.